0: Diving Hope comes and stops us in our tracks. Bravely, we prove in our striving, trudging together each day. Where there's a will, there's a way.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Raw Recovery with Dion Miller. Uh, it is Tuesday and it is time for another edition of raw recovery Today we have on uh, I guess her name is Stephanie uh, Stephanie was introduced to me to our uh, to our promoter Jill um, uh, they are very good friends and um, I don't know much so i'm I'm really looking forward to hearing um, another story today. Um, I'd like to introduce, uh, Stephanie. She is a hometown girl from Colorado, um, born and bred here in Colorado. So you might want to watch it with her. All right. And be nice. <laughs> She's a hometown girl, support clerk in radiology. Um, another person you should be nice to. I know there was one day, uh, having severe neck pain. I may tell a little quick story here. I'm sorry, Stephanie. Um, um, and so I deal with arthritis in my neck. I went in, and, and uh, I was booked for the wrong place. And uh, I was in severe pain, and, and I looked at the lady, and I, I said, you know what, I don't know where the mistake was, but if you could help me out, I would really appreciate it. And it turns out the doctor was standing right there, and he turned to me and he said, you know what, nobody ever does that. I was in and out 45 minutes and done. So be nice. To your people, you will get stuff done. Stephanie has been clean since August of 2016. Let's welcome Stephanie to the show. Welcome, Stephanie.
0: Thank you, Dion.
1: You are certainly welcome. So let's let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and get started with your story. Uh, yeah, let's go ahead and get started. So you grew up in Colorado. Where did you grow up at?
0: So for the most part, I was uh, born and raised in the metro area. Um, I was in Golden for the first part of my life, I would okay. say. Um, so up until my high school years, I was pretty much raised in Golden.
1: Okay. And
0: then um, my parents died when I was really young. So I was raised by my grandparents from um, probably about 11 years old on to about 16. And then I moved in with my aunt and uncle after that. So... That's kind a of lot of moving.
1: That's a lot of moving around for a kid.
0: Um, it was only one move. Well, no, there's a couple moves in there. Yeah, yeah you're right. A couple,
1: <laughs> a couple of moves. So it sounds like you got a a, a pretty big loving family, though. They sound I kind do. Of supportive so far. Yeah,
0: they have that's supported awesome. me.
1: Yeah. So, where did it start for you?
0: So I don't have a story. I feel like that is typical of alcoholics and addicts. Um, I didn't use my first drug or alcohol until I was 18 years old. And, um, so I started out probably my first substance that I've ever used was alcohol. Um, I got drunk with my first boyfriend, my first probably long-term boyfriend. Um, and then we used pot together. That was the first time I tried pop as well. Um, And that's just kind of how it was for probably from 18 until probably about 21. Uh, About 21 years old, I was introduced to Coke. And then I was also introduced to meth um, probably a few years later. Um, I I started with Coke first. Um, You know, alcohol wasn't something, you know, where I hear people in the rooms always talk about how alcohol they knew from the minute that they took that drink of alcohol. It wasn't like that for me. Um, right. I was able to go out and have drinks and come home and not mm-hmm. want to pick it up all the time.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, when I tried pot, I did love pot right off the bat. Um, okay. So that was one of the first things I really, really loved. Um, okay. But as I've gotten involved, like as I got older and I was 21, or starting going to the the bars and things like that, and going out. Um, when I tried coke, I loved it, mm-hmm. um, but I wasn't. It took a long time before I was ha- um, habitually using it all the time. Okay. So um, then, I when I tried meth, um, I didn't really like meth. Um, I wanted to do coke,
1: but uh, okay.
0: that night that I first tried it, um, a bag of meth was thrown my way um, by my ex-husband. Okay. Um, and it wasn't what I wanted. I asked him to take it back.
1: <laughs> okay. Can and I asked why. But from that, what was the difference um, between Coke and meth that you didn't like? I just curious. I just had never,
0: t- at that, yeah, like at that point, I had never tried meth. So okay. I only knew what it was like to get high off of Coke and I loved it. So okay, I was just so like,
1: fine. why would
0: you get me something that I don't want? Um, yeah, okay. But from that moment on, like we, um, it didn't start. Um, it didn't start off bad, but then eventually we were using it every day
1: okay and
0: so um, that's kind of where it got started. I would say that I considered myself an addict, probably about two years after having my daughter, which was in um, i was twenty three years old okay. um, when I had her, so it was a few, late, few sorry a few years later that um that I started using that all the time okay and so it kind of progressively got worse um we were using it on the weekends and then it turned out to be everyday use and Mm -hmm. then we started losing our daughter so um yeah but it i never had all those issues when i was doing coke but when as soon as i started the meth everything started to fall away
1: yep sure did and i'm kind of i'm i'm kind of noticing something here stephanie because now um the and you know this but a lot of people may not know that there is a difference to the addiction of drugs than there is to alcohol. So I can have I can have an addictive personality try anything and I'm and I'm hooked. That's me. Um, but on the other hand, okay, um, alcohol um, you have to have a certain predisposition. Drugs, nope. You can be anybody. You can have no predisposition at all and get hooked on drugs
0: yeah and I believe that like I um I know like I said it progressively got worse it wasn't mm-hmm. always that way for me um I really put my addiction on my ex-husband I always told okay. him that it was him that had the friends that him that always had the connections to the drugs yeah. and if he wasn't around that I would have not done drugs but that wasn't the truth later yeah. on I realized that that <laughs> that is not the truth you yeah. know um the truth was, was that I loved it, and I pushed mm-hmm. him into situations where I knew that I could get it out of him. Yeah. and so you know, I've had to see my part in that too.
1: That's been, you know, and and making that realization is the biggest turn in any kind of addiction, in any kind of addiction. So, um, you know, we're looking at losing our daughter. What what happened? What what happened with that? Uh,
0: what happened with?
1: With your daughter.
0: With With my daughter. So um, as of right now, um, we are looking at, I am looking at giving her up for adoption. Um, Uh, As this has taken place, uh, we had a CPS case. And um, and when I say we, it was me and my ex-husband. Yeah, yeah. Um, We did go through um, the process of getting her back through that CPS case. And we did get her back. We had no problem getting her back. We got our lives together, um, and then we went went back out and used again. again. And the second time that it came around, um, the family, uh, his family, came to us um, and told us, hey, you're messing up. You know, um, you need to get this straight, and you need to make it right for your daughter. Mm -hmm. And so that happened. we tried to get our lives together, um, and we couldn't stay clean. So yeah. we had some things based around that, you know, clean UAs and you can see your daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, we were using all the time that we couldn't gather. One day, you know, we were we were never seeing her. We went yeah. for months not seeing her because we kept using. Okay. So eventually, they turned it into a custody case, um, mm-hmm. which has been harder to try and get custody back. Um, it's a lot harder. T- I would say that it's a lot harder to go through a custody case than a CPS case. Um, but she has been there for almost seven years now. So, um, yeah, I'm going through some things with that. It's not where I wanted to be. I thought I would be in a place in my recovery right now that I'd be able to take my daughter back, but, um, I want what's best for her. And, uh, that comes as a part of my growth um, because I don't think that I would be able to do that. uh, Otherwise, when I was using, it was always about me, Mm -hmm. always about, um, you know, this is my daughter. This is my blood, you know, and I don't think that I get to take that on anymore. Um, They've, you know, um, I don't know. I mean, it's just kind of a weird situation because I feel that it's, god has taken over the situation okay and uh you know um but i'm okay with that you know i'm okay with the way that things have landed
1: okay um but yeah. sounds like a lot of acceptance to me yeah yeah of uh, kind of things that have gone on in the past which is okay well you know that's not your fault you know i think i think what matters is that we we make the decision in our lives to make a change, and then yeah. we and then we start doing that, and it's no longer about our drugs and our alcohol. It's about what's what's the right thing here. Um, yeah. You know what's right for my daughter. Um, you know I have kids too, and I gotta say sometimes I'm not the right person for them, yeah. and that and that hurts me um, as, as a father. But I have to remember that I'm not everything. Um, I am Dion and that's what I get to be. I'm allowed to do that today, which is, which is really, really neat. Yeah. So what, what happened that made you decide that enough was enough for you? So there
0: was a point in my, my use that I was no longer able to call anybody. Um, I had, exhausted every single person or every connection that i had um and i didn't have anybody i didn't trust nobody i'd use myself into mm-hmm. a place where i just didn't trust nobody um and if you were in my life saying something i was always expecting or not expecting i would um i don't know how to say um i didn't trust anybody in my life okay and so that's where it came from um I was in a spot where I'm like, I can either get this right or I can stay in this. But I knew that I couldn't live like that anymore. And so I had to make a decision to try to come out of that. And so when I did, um, I, I think there was a period of time that I was in between, because I oh. wanted to get clean, and then I knew that I needed to go to rehab, but uh-huh. at some point, I just didn't know if I wanted to or how long that was going to take.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: but it took me a while to get in a place where I was able to surrender enough to get into a rehab, and um,
1: wow.
0: it was mostly because I, I was afraid to reach out to my family. I was afraid to reach out to okay. my friends. I felt really isolated, um, and me and my ex were in a place, you know, I always felt like he was... He was the addict, (laughs) you know, and, uh, you know, I would always be like, just always based my life around that, you know, like, um, if he just wasn't around, you know, but then Mm -hmm. eventually I realized that I had the problem. And so, um, it took a while, you know, I did go to rehab. I went to rehab at, um, Salvation Army. Um, yeah, I did not do the six month program.
1: That's a tough program it 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 doesn't matter which one you go through good on you
0: yeah well and it you know I stuck through a month it was my first rehab ever um and I I haven't had to go back to rehab thank god um but yeah I went through that month and I came back out I stayed probably clean for about another three months after that and I relapsed my last time on meth okay and um the last time that I did it um things started becoming intertwined with my life like I had gotten involved with some people in AA that every time that i started picking up um god intervened like yeah, somebody would a from AA would uh text me while i was trying to pick up the pipe or <laughs> you know like i'm trying to get high you know successfully and it's just it wasn't working at that point you know and i know yeah. that god was there like hey what are you doing like mm-hmm. and that happened so often that i just couldn't sign it off as something that was um just happening or a coincidence yeah. that it yeah. was happening yeah, yeah so. that
1: was definitely God interfering in your life. It, you made a decision, and you told him, I'm willing to go to any length, and he took you seriously. He did. Yeah.
0: And yeah, there was a time, uh, the last time that I relapsed, um, I think he knew, but I had dropped my phone. I was fighting with my ex, and I picked okay. up my phone, and my phone was automatically calling my sponsor. And it had <laughs> fell on the floor, but I was calling my sponsor and then she didn't pick up. You know, I left that phone ringing and I left her a message and I got the call the next day. But, um, you know, at that point I was able to, it was hard for me because I think every time that I tried to get sober, I would wake up to my reality uh-huh. and then my reality sucked, you know. And so then I would go back out and use because I was like, well, this is my life, you know, and um, you have to swallow some hard truths to be able yeah. to change it you know, and, um, I would come in and go out of that. And so I, you know, to anybody that's out there that is coming, you know, relapsing, come back in, you know, it's not easy because we see our reality and then we want to cover it up with with dope and drinks. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'm, I'm finally in a spot where I don't feel that way every, you know, I'm, I wake up to my reality and I think I'm happy with where my life is and what I've done, you know? Yeah.
1: Absolutely. You know, I think it's really neat because, you know, and we, you know, we say God is as a universal term, but you know, it's just so neat to see that how God just kind of (laughs) interfered your phone dropping. It's calling your response. I mean, those are spiritual experiences and that you had to have felt that. I mean, I haven't known you for very long, but I've known you long enough to know that you're pretty open to hear God's God telling you something.
0: Well, you know, I feel like uh, over the course of my sobriety, you know, God is a big part of this for me. And I can't really say anything about my recovery without putting that aspect into my recovery. Certainly. Um, but I'm not, no longer ashamed of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, we fight a harder life out there trying to accept all the bad things that are happening, you know. And
1: mm-hmm. my
0: God is part of my story, you know, yeah. um, and I'm not ashamed of that anymore. Yeah.
1: So. Yeah, we, well, we get to a point where we're done playing the martyr. Um yeah. you know, uh, I was the black sheep of the family and everything. It, it, you know, we tend to we, we tend to diagnose ourselves or call ourselves something. And 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 really what it comes down to is we just need to be ourselves Um yeah. and just and that could be hard to do because we don't know who we are. And when we don't know who we are, that can be scary because we don't know what we'll become. So we need to, we take those expectations and, and put them aside and trust in the fact that, Hey, this guy's doing really well. This girl's doing really well and I'm following their path. So I can have some reasonable expectations that, that my life's going to kind of maybe turn out, you know, it's going to get better.
0: Yeah. And, you know, and I, and I do think that that has been a part, you know, I've always tried to put my sponsors up on pedestals and, uh, you know it ain't about that uh sponsors are only there to try to carry a message and let that mm-hmm. channel through them um and so i've had to connect or disconnect myself from that because um i have a you know the sponsor that i have now she's very open um she has always let me make my own mistakes mm-hmm. so that i knew where god was in that and yeah. um and to have the power in myself to believe in that um but you know, I would say be yourself. That is the hardest thing for me, but it has for the past couple of years, I can truly say that I've learned a lot about myself and what I like and what I don't, what triggers me. Um, you know, I've had a trying week with, um, with my daughter came to me and asked me to get, to be adopted by the family that she lives with this week. And so, okay. um, you know, I've had to look at that in a different way, but I've mm-hmm. been giving You know, all the foundation I've built up these past few years, these women and these, you know, there's men too, a part of this, um, that stay with me until I feel better to not go out there and use. And, uh, you know, I didn't realize, you know, the truth behind the foundation I built up these few years Mm -hmm. are really here for me now that I'm trying to go through this. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I just, I have so much gratefulness for everything. And, uh, yeah.
1: Well, and, and you're being an example for your daughter. I mean, how many people, I mean, it, it would be tough if my daughter came and asked me that at the same time, if my daughter came and asked me that, gosh, I'd be awfully proud of her. Yeah. And I'd be awfully proud of myself. Okay. i pat myself on the back. I just don't break my arm doing it. All right. I'm going to do it now. Good job. <laughs> All right. Yeah. See, yeah, I feel better. You know, but her being a now that I see true growth, you know, other people, Oh, that hurts. You know, we, you know, sure. Yeah. It hurts some. Sure. But if we take a look at the whole picture to me, her having the wherewithal to be able to come to you and not just the wherewithal, but the respect that shows me respect. And that is growth. Great job. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm going to give you a congratulations. Thank you. Well, um, we need to take these things that are harder. We, we turn them to our advantage. Um, and we see them for what they are. So, so how do you stay sober today? What do you, what do you involve yourself in? What do you do, um, to stay sober?
0: Um, so I have picked up most recently, probably uh, about two months ago, I picked up a treasurer position in AA. Wow. Um, this is my first real okay. service position. Um, okay. you know, it has taken up a lot of time. Um, it has been very <laughs> trying. It <does>. Yeah, it's, <laughs> a, it's, yeah, a, it's like,
1: service like work is harder than people think. Just you're like, oh, I just have to count money. No,
0: <laughs> no. I mean, what like, else is involved you know, it's, in that
1: that you weren't expecting?
0: well a whole lot uh, <laughs> um you know i you know i go shopping for the place i count the money i you know we vote on things we have to make a meeting every week or not every week every month um to try to um you know to talk about the stuff about the, the meeting yeah so um I don't know. So, I, you know, I go shopping. Um, I have to make a list every week to try to go shopping for the Mm -hmm. AA place. Um, And then also I, um, you know, I count the money, but I have to make sure it coincides with the envelopes Mm -hmm. and the money that's coming in and documented. So um, it's it's not that hard it's just, it's time consuming. And, um, you know, at this, it's kind of funny because I think it comes around when we need it the most and I've needed something to keep my mind busy and my Mm -hmm. hands busy. And so I got that. And then, um, I do sponsor, um, Mm -hmm. you know, I haven't sponsored very many women. I've probably sat about three women down, um, through the course of this, um, you know, this block of sobriety Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, it's been, so that, that keeps me going to, um, you know, I meet probably every week with my sponsee, um, not so much lately, don't know what's going on with that, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, um, so that, and then um, I got friends in AA, um, yeah. you know, and my friends in AA are always reaching out to me about something to go do, or, you know, activities that, we can do like we'd watch the bronco game not too long ago Mm -hmm. um you know get together for some food or you know um i have some friends in sobriety that have really kept me sober and have taught me how to live sober Mm because i didn't know how to do that like i didn't know how to do anything without getting high or getting drunk so um Mm -hmm. all those things have contributed um so I would say that, and then you know, I do keep my faith intact, you know, of course. Um, so I do try to, um, before COVID was trying to go to church, um, okay. try to do that every Sunday. Um, so it's not always a spiritual thing coming out of AA, but also my own little take on that um, non-denominational. I was, yeah. <laughs> I was raised uh, Catholic. I okay. don't take on the Catholic views anymore, um, but yeah, that's. That's a part of my recovery as well,
1: um, um, and family. I only, I only so. want to be Catholic because of purgatory. I need a chance. Then. <laughs> me too. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I you know I find that because for me I got sober for my for my kids and my wife. And people kind of told me, "Oh, Dion, you got to do it for yourself." But I wanted my kids and my wife in my in in my life. Um, okay. You know, I think we. I don't. I don't think the reason has to be all that definitive uh, to get sober. I think actually doing it and then starting to do the work. So somebody gave you, somebody came along and they gave you this program for free. And then that, and now you're doing that. Um, And if I ever hear you discount yourself only three people, no, you have sponsored three people. And then those three people went in to sponsor, three other people. And then so on and so forth um yeah. and I'm only bringing that up because I'm a big uh I'm a big proponent on one person can make a change and I absolutely believe that people's stories make a difference so yes they fantastic. do. fantastic thank you for being on of
0: course thanks for having yeah. me
1: yeah you guys don't get to see what I get to see we do this via zoom um yeah you know, and I love that and I love this i Man, so we, we come on, you know, and we have a conversation, but by the time we're done, and this happens almost every time, the person I'm talking to is glowing. Okay. Why? Because they've just, they're feeling relief. They're feeling relief. So before I get into my ending here, Stephanie, thank you for being on.
0: Um, thank you. And
1: taking your time. You guys, Stephanie's going through, all, through some hard stuff right now and she was willing to put it aside so that she could come on and tell her story why and this is this is why I, this is what i was told because there are people out there that need to hear it and not every story is the same right okay? the work might be the same where we get to the ending might be the same but the but the path is totally different so get on your path and discover it be a part of it. You know, tackle it with vigor like Stephanie did. Right? She did, She did, guys. Trust me. I know for a fact she had a deep and emotional force. I can tell you that right now and I don't even know it yet. Right? <laughs> we know this because we go through it together and that's what we do. That's why it's a WE program. Thank you guys for being here and for being a part of and listening This has been Dion on Raw Recovery. Peace out. I love you. And have a day.